Welcome to the Truth and Liberty broadcast. We believe we have a mandate to bring godly change to our nation and the world through the seven spheres or mountains of influence. To further this cause, we give away a product every week that will empower you to get involved in changing your life and changing our world. You can register for our weekly giveaway by subscribing at truthandliberty.net. You can also subscribe to our newsletter to receive weekly updates on guests, news, and much more. This is an interactive live cast and we welcome your questions. To ask a question during the live cast, use the comment or chat features. Now get ready to dive into this week's topics with our hosts on location in Colorado, USA. Hello and welcome to our Monday Night Truth and Liberty live cast. I'm Andrew Womack. I've got my director of Truth and Liberty here, Richard Harris. I said that correct. Yes, you did. Yep. First time I've ever said it correct. He changes <laughs> his hats all the time. And our guest tonight is Jim Tarr, and he's a pastor in Basalt. And anyway, he's been fighting in the trenches. Man, the government, the people in that area have come against him, and he's got a great testimony. You're going to enjoy this. But before we do all of that, uh, Richard is going to share with you about how you can be a part of this, how you can ask questions. We've also got meetings coming up, just all kinds of good stuff. That's right. Well, thank you, Andrew, and uh, thanks everybody for watching tonight. This is going to be an awesome show. I know this. Jim is one of the best pastors in Colorado, and so you are really in for a treat tonight. And uh, it's really been a pleasure for us to get to know him over the last few years. But uh, speaking of uh, connecting to resources on the Truth and Liberty website, you know, we've got a resources center, and one of the main reasons we exist here is to be a clearinghouse of information to help Christians get access to what they need to stand for truth in the public square. So we've got some new stuff on our resources page just this week, including Derek Wilburn's a link for his program for for uh, capital interns, uh, the Culture Research Center's American Values Study on the midterm elections, a link there, and some other things. So check that out. Some great uh, events coming up here at Andrew Womack Ministries, uh, including the Phoenix Gospel Truth Conference, which is the GTC that happens right around the new year out there in Phoenix. It's one of the biggest events of the year. And you don't want to miss this one because Andrew is going to be ministering along with Lance Wall now. So that is guaranteed to be fun and interesting. So, you know, anytime Lance is there, you're going to get a different take on things, aren't right. you? So uh, check that out on awmi.net slash events. That's January 5th through the 7th in Phoenix. Then the Orlando Gospel Truth Conference uh, going across the country to Florida there. That's February 9th. And Andrew will be ministering along with Ashley and Carly Terradez. Uh, Ashley and Carly are awesome ministers in their own right, and that's going to be a great event. So check that out on our website. And Men's Advance, uh, one of my favorite events of the year, is March the 9th through the 11th. And uh, Andrew's going to have Tony Dungy, James J.B. Brown, and Billy Epperhart all uh, ministering together. So that's going to be a great time for men to come out and get refired, recharged, and uh, renewed in your focus. So it's going to be an awesome event. Um, listen, we every week here on Truth and Liberty, we give away a free product for our new subscribers. Uh, actually, you be, you're eligible if you subscribe this week to Truth and Liberty. You, your name goes in a hat. We draw that out. Last week, I want to congratulate Randy Dean. You won How to Find, Follow, and Fulfill God's Will, an awesome book, one of my favorites of Andrew's. This week, we're giving away The New You and the Holy Spirit. So this book talks about the Holy Spirit in us, both when we get born again and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And you want to be sure to get this, even if you don't win it, you need to go online and buy this one. This is an awesome resource. And uh, so subscribe today and be eligible to receive that as a free gift. And then also tonight we're taking live, uh, not live, but well, it is live 
online. Uh, but text your questions in and your comments there on the chat function uh, on uh, our website or the comment section on Facebook for uh, Pastor Jim and Andrew and me, and we'll do our very best to get to those tonight. And you know, uh, we're finishing up a year here. It's been an awesome year, great accomplishments and a lot of stuff we did, but next year's gonna be even better at Truth and Liberty. And uh, we are going farther and deeper, expanding our live cast. We're gonna uh, intervene in school board uh, uh, races and things like that. So it's gonna be awesome. If you wanna be a part of what we're doing here at Truth and Liberty, you can do that by becoming a member. Just go to our donate page where you can sign up to make an automatic recurring contribution of $5 or more per month, and you'll become a Truth and Liberty member, and we'll send you the Declaration of De Independence, Constitution of the United States, and then Andrew's own Declaration of Dependence on God and His Holy Bible as a free gift. And I want to mention it's the end of the year, and if you are looking for a tax-deductible contribution, if you give to Truth and Liberty Coalition, it's not tax deductible, but you can give to Truth and Liberty Foundation. Just go to uh, 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 Truth and Liberty Foundation. How does that? Truth and Liberty dot Foundation, and uh, you can make your tax deductible gift there. And we really do appreciate that. And then last, I wanted to mention, if you need prayer, just call in at 719-635-1111. And uh, one of Andrew's trained spirit-filled prayer ministers will be happy to agree with you and minister to you in prayer. Thanks, Andrew. And so, Richard, I, you mentioned this real briefly, but we're starting a Truth and Liberty live call-in show yes. on March the 6th, and uh, it's going to be daily from 3.30 till 5 p.m. every day, five yes, days a time. week. Mm -hmm. And uh, the difference is that right here, you can text in questions and we'll read them, but this is going to be a live call-in, and you can call and you actually get on the air with us. And we will be uh, having a conversation with you, and I think it's going to be good. Yeah. Uh, Alex McFarland's going to host one, and Pastor Mark Cowart, and you, and me. And so it'll be a great time for people to call and in. And so each connect. one of us will have one day per week. That's four of us. And then one, one day on Friday, we will have somebody host twice. And so yeah. that way, no one person will minister more than twice per week yeah. in a month. And I did that because I don't want to be tied down every single day. Well, that'd be a lot. <laughs> but uh, if you've heard Richard, Richard is awesome. Richard's one of the best ministers around. And of course, Mark Coward is on our board. Mm -hmm. And uh, Alex McFarland moved here. This guy has ministered in more places and he's ministered in like 2200 oh, yeah. churches. It's amazing. He's sold 1500 war biblical worldview seminars. He's just phenomenal. And anyway, it's going to be really good. So look for that on March the 6th. So we've got Jim Tarr here with us and he's a pastor of Cornerstone Christian Center, Center. or church? Center. Center in Basalt. And actually, we kind of have a connection because I ministered at that church probably 30 something years ago mm. and held a marriage seminar there. That was when Bruce Porter was the pastor and Jim has now taken that over and they just love you in Basalt, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> Depends on who you talk to. But, so but Jim yeah. took a stand during this COVID thing. The way we got to know each other is because we were both on an advisory, a faith advisory board for Heidi Ganahl who was running for governor. And that's where I saw him on Zoom and he was just telling about what happened there and it really blessed me that you took a stand. And so tell us what happened. Tell us how things went during COVID. Well, let me just start out by saying first that God was so faithful through the entire thing. Amen. So as I share some of the stories, it might sound like it was difficult, but really the Lord just, I felt buoyed the entire time. Mm. Well, that had to be and the Holy was, Spirit because it was. they came out against you big time. Yeah. So what happened is as soon as COVID hit, I began to something was 
really wrong when the whole announcement came out. Mm -hmm. And so actually in the town of Aspen, which were just one town down from Aspen, they were stopping cars and asking them what their business was on the road. So I'm thinking you're, I should go to the church and be there, right? I'm, I'm the captain of the ship. That's where I belong. I didn't know how this was going to look, the whole 15-day lockdown. So that ended up, I really felt pressed in by the Lord that this is going to be a lot bigger than I suspected. And so I actually stayed in the church day and night, 30 days, felt called to a fasting. And so just fasted and prayed. Was your wife with and, you? And sought the Lord. No, she was, she's graciously walked through all of this, but she wasn't about to sleep on an air mattress. So, <laughs> Sounds um, like my wife. <laughs> I, just, I, I really felt compelled to stay there and I didn't know what that meant. So reading the scriptures every day and it always is meaningful, right? All the word of God, but the Lord only gave me one scripture that just jumped off the page at me. I was reading in Jeremiah chapter 25. And the Lord said, from a remote part of the earth, I will raise up a sword. And with that sword, I will strike the nations. And so I'm thinking about how COVID came from a remote part of the earth. So it kind of drew my attention. Then the Lord says, I'll raise up a sword against nations, but I will shout against my shepherds and against my sheepfolds. Mm -hmm. And so then, boom, right into my heart, right? I just felt like the Lord called me to pay attention. Later he says, and there's a lot you can read in there. He said, I will silence your peaceful folds. And I was thinking about how we had all been silenced, right? Around the world, churches were locking down. Mm -hmm. So it really became really relevant by the Holy Spirit to me. And I felt the Lord speak to my heart and not word for word, just what I knew he was saying was that he was not going to prop up business as usual. And I really felt as though he was saying to me that if I just try to navigate this by keeping the peace, mm. that he'll silence me. And so that was a strong word inside of my heart. Can I say this? That was my mandate for COVID, right? When mandates were flying around. And so for the first 15 days, we're watching unfolding events. And then I begin to figure out, wait a minute, I wanted to be a good partner in the community. I wanted to play like everybody else. Let's look and see what this thing is. But then I'm watching and they don't shut down the pot shops. They don't shut down the liquor stores. Yeah. They don't shut down Planned Parenthood. Little right? Hypocritical. Yeah. Exactly. They were picking winners and losers. Mm -hmm. And then I became embarrassed by the fact that I had allowed them to label me as non-essential. The well, more you know, I thought about that, it just We did the me. same thing. I mean, uh, Trump said just two weeks to flatten the curve. Right. And I thought I voluntarily yeah. submitted. But then, you know, like in Colorado, the governor only has uh, emergency powers for, what is it, 30 days? Yep. And you have to go to Congress and get an extension. He didn't do that. He just kept extending and after a while, I said, man, we have just surrendered our rights. And right. that's when I decided to stand up. And I felt similar to you that yeah. I shouldn't have ever have even given them two weeks because it was just, mm -hmm. it was an overreach of government. That's, that's exactly right. So we had a Christian school. So when it first hit, we agreed, we're going we're gonna to mask the kids. And by that, we stayed open when the public schools shut down. But then we're coming to last year and we're starting 
And what's on my heart is to honor parents because what's the sixth commandment, right? That's the foundation of all good government. Honor your father and your mother. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so we said, we are gonna do mass choice. Whatever the parents have decided, that is what we're gonna honor. If a parent wanted the child masked all day long, that child would wear a mask and to honor parents because the public school system completely ignores parents now and yeah, disregards yeah. them. And then if they didn't want to wear a mask, we weren't going to do that. Well, that was going to be fine until the Friday before the schools opened in Eagle County. They switched and said, no, everybody masked. It was going to be mask choice. And so we said, I wrote them and let them know we're, we're not going to do that. Mm-hmm. We're going to honor the wish wish of the parents. How so, did that go over? well, with an email that came back that said the penalty is 18 months in jail and $5,000 fine, wow. right? Wow. So it, it, it came back that way to me. And then also, what was alarming to me is the healthcare director included his pronouns, he, him, his, at the bottom. Now, he knows he's writing to a church. He didn't just land on this planet. Surely he knows that this, you, you put that to a pastor. But I'm watching something else going on. I'm listening to our current president who was expressing things like this. He said, transgenderism is one of the leading health care issues of our day. Mm. So I begin oh. to connect the dots. Yes. And I'm thinking, if they can say, COVID masking is a healthcare issue, therefore we can force it on your private school. Then if they label transgenderism as a leading healthcare issue, they can force that agenda on us. Mm -hmm. So I thought, well, that just shuts down the conversation, number one. Also, they said to us, we would have to mask in perpetuity until 80% of our building, they didn't say children, 80% of our building was vaccinated. Oh, really? Yeah. And so I'm thinking like Eagle po- County was worse yeah. than most. Yeah, it was. It's pretty liberal area right there next to Yeah, it is. Well, it includes Vail, you know, and a lot of those, those cities, you know, as you're, you're moving west. They also, the health um, director said, I needed to turn over our emails between our school and our families. You're kidding. Well, that's not going to happen. Wow. Then they're telling they us. They tried that here, too. Yeah? Yeah. Did they? They wanted contact information for oh, well, everybody that yes. came to our... Well, but that's a little different, not just email. I mean, they didn't ask for our emails, our email but they wanted every single person in the school. We were supposed to supply them with names. And everybody right. that came to our conference. Well, that's true. Yeah. And they said that to us. They wanted the private contact information of everybody involved in our school. We said we aren't doing Yeah, that. right. We said that too. Yeah. That's what we said. And then they said that we would need to have every student and every teacher, including we have an infant care center, would have to go across the street to the park where there's a company, a private company, who has a tent, and everyone would have to be tested twice a week. So I know that my constitution protects me from having to participate in a private business, right? Mm -hmm. So that's, that's my choice. That's our family's choices. So we go on the website for that organization and we find out, well, first off, those parents are going to sign a waiver that that company gets to keep the records of their child's genetic material. Mm. And then on the website, they said, we're building a database. So how am I going to go to our families and say, oh, by the way, your infant, they're going to swab that child's nose twice a week, and they're going to keep the information. So they set up an impossible scenario. Well, you didn't ask for this fight. It's like they backed no. you into a corner. You yeah, that's exactly right. And I felt that too, you know, and 
The day came then when the county, and there's a lot to this story. Yes. Hey, before we get any further, let me just yeah. ask, how big is your church? How big is your school? Because it's not like you're a mega church. Thing. No, we're not. I mean, our, our community, I think now it's 6,000, our town. It was, um, it was around 4,000 at the time. You know, there's been a big shift in the population. You've and then 2,000 in two years. Yeah, it's, it's, there's a lot of growth in that wow. area, in that direct area. So we had about 300 people that called the church there, and we had 100 students in our school. That's really and good. Mm -hmm. No, it is because, and it's, it's been 11 years of work, actually. So you've you been know. pastoring there for 11 years. Yeah, well, we had the school for 11, no. And I'm the guy who, if he sees red and blue lights flashing in his rear view mirror, my heart starts to pound, right? I'm not a rebel. Mm -hmm. by nature, you know. Mm -hmm. But the day, they, 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 they sought an emergency injunction against our school to shut it down immediately. And so we're just a few days away from them shutting it down and two of these nice young ladies from the health department show up. And they said, we're here to do an environmental inspection of your preschool. And I said, why would you do an environmental uh, in, uh, inspection. inspection of our preschool if you're shutting us down like in a few days, that doesn't make sense to me. Plus, we just fully passed an inspection because we had remodeled everything mm -hmm. and it was with flying colors. Mm -hmm. So I said to them, be honest with me. Um, were you, are you here actually yeah. to be a witness that we are not masking our children? Right. Yeah. And they said, yes, that's part of why we've been sent here. Yeah. And, and I said, well, then you're not entering our buildings. And they said, well, we have rights. They, you know, they said that they have right to take over any building. You don't have any and rights, quarantine. but they had rights. Yeah, exactly. So I said to them, well, if you're going to come into our building, listen, my heart starts to pound. He's just two young girls, right? Mm -hmm. I think I could have taken them, actually. <laughs> so my heart starts to pound because I'm thinking I'm going to draw the line, right? And I don't... I, I, just not in my comfort zone. Mm. And I just felt like the Lord, it's the, the word over me was, I will silence your peaceful fold. Mm -hmm. That's all I had to operate on. And so I, I said, if you're going to come back, you're going to have to bring the sheriff with you. Mm. So they, they left the property. Then they called an emergency meeting to deal with us. Mm. And so that was in just a few days. And so people from that supported us in the community, plus our school, completely filled the room. So they called for an executive meeting. That way they could meet privately. None of us were allowed to speak. Mm. And if anybody mm. even made the slightest comment, you know, which some people can't help themselves yeah. when stuff's being said, they say, if there is one more word spoken here, we're leaving this room. And I was actually embarrassed for our county mm. because here's a room full of citizens. They wouldn't At least hear them. They wouldn't let them speak, wouldn't let them say anything. Mm. So that dictatorship. was dictatorship. Yeah. Anybody else? Yeah. It really. Um, I, I was know, really just disappointed. Science, right? Oh yeah. Right. <laughs> now, now you know, three years out, you know, we were saying at the time, people were saying, "Oh, there's no basis for this," and yeah. and oh, well, that's fake news. You're spreading fake news. They'd shut down websites. Yeah. They'd shut yeah. down social media accounts. Ban people. And now we're. It turns out we were right all along. Yeah. And the so, governor put out a deal that you couldn't have over 150 people or 175. And we have, we could put 5,000 in our building yeah. and all socially distance them. And so we fought over that issue and they sued us twice and we sued them twice and they threatened to arrest yeah. me. I bet you went through it. Did they ever 
come against the you? The sheriff came out and served me papers, but they never came to arrest me. Well, they didn't come to arrest me either because our sheriff here <laughs> says yeah. they can't do anything without me, and he was yeah. on my side. There you so go. He wouldn't, he wouldn't cooperate with Well, me. they, they um, sought the emergency injunction. They took us to court um, just this last year after Christmas, and then the day before, they, you know, they shut down the whole thing. So. Well, you know, we sued the governor, and, um, and it was on its way up through the appellate court. We had already been ruled against in Colorado, and, and Richard was our lawyer then. And um, anyway, it went to the Supreme Court, this group from New York, and the Supreme Court ruled in their favor that they couldn't take away our religious freedoms. And when Governor Polis saw that, he saw the handwriting on the wall, and he wrote me a letter, and he said, I'll leave you alone if you'll leave me alone. <laughs> I said, you got a deal. And did you know right now, we are an oasis of freedom. They, the health department doesn't even act like we exist. They never ask go. a question yeah. or anything. So yeah. it was worth fighting for. Yeah, It was. How and did your people receive Well, I had to, the they then told us that the five, thousand dollar fine 18 months in jail is expanded to anybody who is on the property oh, wow. while we're not in compliance so i had to meet with every family had to meet with all the teachers had to meet with volunteers and let them know this has been extended to you as well wow. our board members as well so we immediately lost 50 percent of our school because you know parents a, a mom a young mom yeah with children is thinking i i can't you know, I hate to say it, but I bet you most of those people probably agreed with you and realized it was wrong, but they were not willing to run the risk. They were not willing to stand up because it could have cost them personally. That's where a lot of Christians are. Yeah. They don't like what's going on, but they won't stand up. Yeah, and I feel like we have to. And, and see, when, when we were having people saying to me, Jim, it's just a mask, right? Yeah. And I try to say, it's not just a mask. You know, this is about control, number one. Number two, they're sending me transgender. When you clicked on the health director's pronouns, like six or eight pages came up with a pro-transgender information, wow. right? So I said, this is, this is a lot bigger than this. Right. And so um, then now, recently, they are bringing that whole transgender agenda into our, our valley, and they're running full force, you know? Right. So. One of the people said to me, if you're going to defend a staircase, you know, and I said, no, it's not just about masks, but I'm drawing the line here at the masks. He said, one guy's on the first step, one's on the middle, one's on the top step. He said, you're feeling like you need to be on the first step. And I was like, that's exactly right. Because yeah. I don't want to be on the top step no. by the time it's gained that momentum. Once you give them momentum. the mask deal and once you give them the vaccination and just all of these things, it's, they're just going right. to keep taking away your freedom. Right. you got to stand and fight. And then you have to wrestle through Romans chapter 13, 1 Peter chapter 2, about the relationship of the believer to his local government and being in submission, right? And so we're all biblically based, and so that was really important to me. But then as you're reading that, it doesn't just talk about the relationship of the believer to his government. It also talks about the responsibility of government to people and why God establishes them. And it's to honor, to honor good and righteousness and to punish evil. So you have to come to a point, Laura, right now, I think that the church has got to wake up and realize how do we live in the context of a nation right now and government that is promoting evil mm -hmm. and punishing good. That's where you have to, and you know, fortunately, I was not in the position to be able to 
hire lawyers and, and to fight it. And I'm grateful that you could. I'm sure it well, helped all of us, but... We actually didn't hire them. They did it pro bono. There you go. <laughs> it was awesome. But mm -hmm. what we... I felt like the only thing I had to do was the power to say no and just keep saying no. That's good. So when they brought us right up to the court date, I let them know, no matter what you do, I will go to jail, mm -hmm. but we are not going to mess those kids. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that we need to know the power of having... When you pray and God gives you a word, and you don't have to go out and find a fight. Know where your line is and make sure you say no. Mm -hmm. And if you say no, I want, first off, the Holy Spirit will sustain your heart mm -hmm. and, and give you a courage that isn't natural. And then also he will release blessing. You know, my, you. So you might lose people, yeah. but at the end of the my day. My wife came to me when they were threatening to arrest us and we had a person to take over the service if they came and got me and stuff. And she came to me crying, I hate this. And I said, Jamie, I hate it too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I didn't enjoy it, but what's your option? Yeah. Give in, you give them power that they don't constitutionally have. They're never yeah. gonna give they it never, back. That's right, that's they're, right. They're taking it, so you gotta stand. Yeah. Well, can I tell you, this is when it got really dark for me. Cause it, like if someone's watching a pastor or whatever and is just saying, oh, you know, he." that you'll be, there can be a test in the middle of it. Mm -hmm. We had an elderly man that used to read to other children for years and he died of COVID. Mm -hmm. So the newspapers contacted that He might have died with COVID. Who yeah. knows how many people it was attributed to that it wasn't really the leading cause. Well, what happened is, you know, the, um, the Biden administration tried to pursue this with the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court said he tried to use OSHA Mm -hmm. And the Supreme Court decided that you cannot use COVID as a workplace environment has it because yeah. you can get it anywhere, mm -hmm. right? But the interesting thing is, is that um, this man passed, passed away and he was a different, he actually named the school Cornerstone mm. like mm -hmm. years ago. And he didn't attend our church. He was a friend. But th at that point, you know, I, that's when that's every person knows you get along with God and you say, Lord, I was taking a stand. How did this happen? And I had to wrestle through to what lengths are you willing to go in the loss of reputation in order to obey the Lord? Satan tries to make you feel responsible. Exactly, for what to him. exactly. And whenever the newspapers mention me, almost every time, it's, it's the they school where they tie, tie me back to it. But you know, they have no evidence that yeah. your you don't brother, know where. that he got COVID at your facility or that he, um, you know, died because of anything you did or failed yeah. to do. They jump right on over that. We had a guy here who came to the Summer Family Bible Conference, ended up getting COVID later and passed away in the hospital of some, he, but he had pre-existing heart trouble. He had a bunch of and, problems. And he was all over the place. They were in the springs. They were camping out at, yeah. you know, camp. And yeah. there's no, but no, all they said, if you get two or more people linked to one facility, that's an outbreak site. Yeah. And it was all designed, I think, just to, the whole thing was crafted to increase government power. Yeah. Well, yeah. some people were doing it intentionally, but there's a lot of people that just bought into the fear and yes. they were just panicked. Fear. Yeah. It was bad. Let me ask you about uh, how did your people respond? You yeah. said that you lost like 50% of your church. How did the school respond? There, there is, we've had a lot of people that felt like, you know, here's the challenge. In a chaotic world, people want to come to their church and not hear about everything that's going on. 
and they want it to be peaceful. Escape, yeah. yeah, and they want it to be that place, you know, and I want to provide that oasis for them. But to everything there's a season and a time for every purpose under heaven. And I feel like right now the church must realize Absolutely. this is a time and in a moment where we could lose everything. We could lose our liberties, our freedoms, um, the stewardship of our government. It, it, it's incumbent upon us to be addressing our government because that is a self-correction because we are a government of the people, by the people, and for the people. So we should be addressing government. We should be speaking to government. We should be supporting those who are in government or are taking a righteous stand. I really feel that because to not do that is to abdicate our, our responsibility Absolutely. and it's a stewardship. So the people in our, we have the most amazing community and they're very much like-minded and um, I just bless them because they've been confronted in grocery stores. Our, if you wear a Cornerstone shirt in our very small town, you know, you could have your kids yelled at. It just mm -hmm. happened last week. Wow. Um, just a little kindergartner and a third that grader. They yelled at the kid. Yeah, they parent. yelled at the, the well, they did, took the parents on too. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, is that that's hard. It is. To go to church in a small town where everybody, if you think our town now is 6,000, there's churches on the front range that are bigger than 6,000. Yeah. So you know how a whole church can know what's going on at the core. Our whole Valley, you know, we had Lauren Boebert speak, and then that's when the the Washington Post mentioned our church and what she said at our church. Newsweek magazine, Adam Kinziger referred to us as the Christian Taliban, right? Oh, wow! And so, he had a lot of publicity. It's yeah, not exactly. all good. <laughs> no, it's not all good, and that that was my own doing. I kind of knew what the response would be, but when I was young and first going into ministry, there was a man in Tampa Bay who. I was on the school board and stood up for sex education to be just focused on the biology of it and not in lifestyle, right? And so I was involved with him and it was coming to the moment of the vote and he lost the vote and he said to me, Jim, where were the pastors mm. yeah. and where were the churches? Yeah. Mm. And I decided in my heart at that moment if someone is willing to stand up for the Lord and serve in government, I'm going to stand with them. Mm -hmm. No matter what the consequences are, since Lauren Boebert has been there, a man named David Wheeler has written two letters and copied us to the IRS. In the newspaper, it's like, they need to lose their 501c3 because she spoke there. And, and I'm thinking, if Planned Parenthood is a 501c3, they receive taxpayer funds, yeah. they support candidates, and they endorse them, then you know what, come to me for my 501c3, but if Lauren Boebert, I know that she wouldn't be joining with the transgender movement that's happening in our valley. I know that she stands for the unborn. Yeah. Um, and in the state of Colorado, we could go there, right? This is infanticide that's happening yeah. here. And I told the school board that when you're, sh you, I said, you're practically driving by Planned Parenthood to come to my church and deal with my church. When in 2020, you said you're saving the kids of our school. Mm -hmm. You in the state of Colorado aborted 12,000 children yeah. in 2020. But you're gonna come to a little school of 100 where nine kids got COVID and it looked like a head cold. L literally for three yeah. days they had sniffles. Yeah. That's as bad as it got. Well, we knew from the beginning, didn't we, that there was almost zero mortality risk for children, right? Yeah, it's just that's tiny, right. tiny. And yet to, to shut them down out of school, mask them up, scar them, really change their life. Yeah. Um, terrible. It's We've crazy. had Lauren here twice 
yeah. and they haven't come after us. It sounds yeah. like Eagle County is just really a Yeah, and the newspapers. Eagle County played that they tried to beat us in the court of public opinion since they couldn't beat us in the courts. So in the court of public opinion, they would go to the newspapers. They would feed them all this stuff where, where we even had proof that some of the things they were accusing of us, sure. some of them we were guilty of. No, we're not masking. They're right. Mm -hmm. But some of the things we could prove that we were that we were doing our best, you know, sterilizing rooms. We were going to, yeah. right, just we'll do everything to please you. We're not putting masks on these kids. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, and they would, they, the, if Eagle County, like if the commissioners had reached out to me, but they just go to the newspapers, mm -hmm. And then they give them all this information. Yep. And then the newspapers call me at the end of the day and they say to you, we spoke to the health director, we spoke to Eagle County, do you have a comment? And I'd say, a comment on what? What are we, what are we even talking about here? Now I suspected it, what it fair. was about, but they were, they were just playing games with us, you know? It's not fair, I won't give an interview because they're gonna yeah. twist your words, they're gonna change everything, so I just go ahead and do what I'm supposed to do. Yeah, you know, that's exactly right. Not to get philosophical or whatever, but the, the free press, you know, the First Amendment says Congress shall not restrict freedom of press. Free press is supposed to be a check on the government. Yeah, that's and, exactly And when you have, the, the papers and everything else dominated by leftists and they're in league yeah. with the tyrants in government, you've got a dangerous situation yeah. there. And you know, all these files that are being released by Twitter now, you probably read about that, you know, how yeah. you see the government was actually in the back yeah. door censoring right. people. And um, you know, this is an important time, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. You know, and I hadn't heard from them for a few weeks and then I got COVID. Right, mm -hmm. so they announced it on the public radio. You know, Jim Tars COVID. So they called an emergency meeting and required that by that was on Friday afternoon. We got a request that by Saturday we turn over all these this information and documents. And so I was out of commission, and so one of our board members called them and said, "Jim's out of commission. I can't get this information to you till Monday." That's fine, that's fine. Just get that information to Monday. Monday morning, the early morning paper comes out and it said they requested information from Cornerstone Christian Center, but they wouldn't comply, you know, or wouldn't respond. Well, that's what so, you would have done if you were in commission. Yes, so <laughs> well, so the whole thing is, is that it's all kind of a game, isn't it? It is. You know, that's being it's played. Just, and Yeah, it's public opinion. So yeah. we'd like to think that if you stand up and do the right thing, you always win and everything comes out good. Yeah. What's the outcome of all of this? I heard you say that your school went from 100. We started to with 38 this year. So it doesn't yeah, so. always work out, but you know what? Yeah. Who was it? It was uh, Adams, John, John Adams Quincy. that said, John Quincy Adams that said, duty is ours. That's right. Results That's is right. God's. That's right. And all we got to do is just do what's right regardless That's of right. what happens. I would think Thomas Jefferson, after the Revolutionary War, went back to Monticello. You know, George Washington went back to Mount Vernon. But read the rest of the signers of the Declaration of Independence. Mm -hmm. A lot of them lost almost yeah, everything. Just about everything. Even the, even the lives of their loved ones. That's right. Yeah. Yep. And so, really, I so would do it all again. I respect you for that, Jim, because you took a stand, and it's a small church. It would have been easy for you to basically get along, go along to get along. And you didn't have a mega church, yeah. but yet you took a stand based on principle. And even if it cost you something, that's the right thing to do. Yeah. And if every pastor was to do that, they could not come against all of us. Yeah. 
That's it's right. sad to say there's not very many people standing up. Right. Jim, I got a question for you. And uh, something I've been thinking about looking back on COVID was in the early days of it, I know my spirit was grieved just like you're saying. I was like, yeah. you could feel there's something wrong here. This is ty tyranny going on. Something is amiss here. Yeah. How is it that that so many so-called Christians, and I, I don't mean to divide here, but so many people who name the name of Jesus were not able to discern that and went with the flow yeah. and pastors shutting down and Christians criticizing Christians for not submitting to all this, yeah. citing Romans 13 and everything else. What's the difference there? How did that divide the body of Christ? You know, we're, I'm sorry. How does that tie into what the Lord told you too through in Jeremiah? I'm still receiving emails of, you know, opposition and almost everybody starts out with, I'm a Christian. Uh -huh. And what kind of Christian are you, you know, and all of that. What I began to think is, I was amazed. See, we saw more people come to Christ when we took the stand than we had before. Amen. That's good. Because people were coming. And I just thought about this. When Jesus would minister, he would just cast it out there, right? Yep. And then he'd say this, let him who has ears to hear, let him hear. He didn't feel the responsibility to own their rejection or anything like that. And what was amazing to me is how many Christians couldn't hear and see, but then how many truth seekers who were not yet born again could hear and see, and they knew that was something was wrong. And don't you think that maybe it's rooted in, there has to, I'm not saying I'm humble, but there has to be a certain willing of humility in your heart that can say, if I'm wrong, I want to know it. Mm -hmm. And if you position your heart with humility, unbeliever or believer, or if you're like holding, I'm going to hold on to my church, right? Mm -hmm. I'm going to hold on to my people. I don't want to be disliked by my people and by my church. It blinds you from being able to see clearly. That's what I, I really believe. Part of humility is just being obedient to God. You are not your own master. Right. People who sit there and say, God, I know that this is wrong, but it's going to cost me $5,000 fine. I could go to prison. And so I'm going to go ahead and do this, even though I know it's wrong. Yeah. That's not humility. That's yeah. arrogance. You're yeah. exalting your wisdom above God. That's right. So I'll say you're humble. Yeah. Well, That's a godly thing. And, <laughs> and we're not our own. Right, like you said, we've you, been bought with a price. Let me ask you this: uh, How's this affected you financially? If your school has gone down, if your church has gone down, what's the situation? You know, first off, the we have seen the Lord provide on the church side, you know, and it's just been such a blessing. We've had people who've heard our story that we've never even met that have sent in to support us. So all of this the, national coverage. Yeah, I mean, it caused some people to Google us and react, right? But on the school side, it was it was very costly, you know. It, we took a real hit there, but... So how are you doing now? Are you okay? You, you know, we, we're trusting the Lord, you know. All right, well, what, what I'm doing. saying is uh, our viewers, if they want to be a part of this and if they want to help you take a stand, how would they contribute? How do they go? Do well... Have a website? Yeah, we do. If they go to um, cccbasalt.com, they can contribute there. And they will see in the giving section, Freedom Fund, because that will be either used for our legal battles. It costs about $50,000 in, in legal costs. And then also what doesn't go there will be used to support our teachers, you know, through the end of the year. So let me just say this to those of you who are watching as a 
those of you that are joined with me and partners with me, I'd like to ask you to help Jim and Pam in the stand that they've taken. And it's a small church, and for them to lose 50% of their uh, church and what would that be, 60%, of the school, 70% of the school, they've taken a hit financially. And so I, I just would like to ask you right now to go to CCC Basalt, is that yes. right, and look at the Freedom Freedom Fund under the giving section, and all of that will go to the school. And you know, we have, I don't even know, but probably 10,000 or more people watching this, mm -hmm. and then we have a lot of people that watch it in archives. I'd like to ask you to just go. You know, if we had 10,000 people that gave 10 bucks, there you go. that would help, wouldn't it? <laughs> it's really kind of you to... And we need do to do that. We need to stand up, and I tell you, that's a light right there in a very dark place. Aspen, Vail, all of that, the liberals from everywhere have come in because of the beauty of that area and have taken yeah. it over. And I mean, that's right. it's just weird, the yeah. stuff that goes on. And here's somebody taking a stand, and I'd encourage you to be a part of it. It would really be good. Amen. I'd that's love good. to have people. I'd Thank love you. to have you just get a bunch of money. <laughs> Amen. I tell you what, I'll Expand be, your building I'll be the go. first Expand contributor. I will contribute towards it. Oh. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. And that's thank awesome, you. brother, that you've done that. And I believe this is going to help you. It's awesome. Well, thank you. We need to take some questions. We got any questions? We do have some questions. Yeah. Um, here's uh, one from Susie on YouTube, and she's asking, can, can we address the fact that churches were considered non-essential and pot shops and liquor stores uh, were? And we mentioned it. How perverse is that? But yeah. what does that say about our the state of our culture, you know, and, yeah. and where we are in terms of making disciples of this country. That's what the government values. Yeah. Spot shops, strip joints. Yeah. Planned yeah. Parenthood. Well, America was founded by believers, for believers, for freedom of religion. The gospel is the, the fundamental basis of everything the American, and yet the church is non-essential. How could that yeah. happen? You know, getting back to what I said before, I'm not so much concerned about what it says of our culture as much as I'm concerned about what it says of the body of Christ in America that we were willing to wear that label. Mm -hmm. um, I think that our country's in the position it's in because the church has been too silent for too long. Mm. And the fact that for the most part they got away with it in many places is, is a greater concern to me. And I hope that we will have a greater sense of the calling and the destiny um, David Barton, mm -hmm. we started hosting, the Lord prepared our church for all of this because yeah. um, he came and spoke at our church and he was in Patriot Academy. And, you know, he's very much in teaching on the role that pastors played in the birthing of our nation. And now pastors are abdicating. I think the loneliest Christian place of service in America is to run politically. That's the well, loneliest place to be. They won't touch you. I think if you're it. a pastor and if you stand up, that's kind of lonely yeah. too. There's yeah. a lot of people that, Christians will come out and attack you. You know, we had Rob McCoy on this program and Rob McCoy out in California, they allowed strip joints to stay open but closed oh, church. Word. So he got up on Sunday and he started playing this strip music and he took his tie <laughs> off and his coat off and he says, now we qualify. Now, cool. now we're essential. <laughs> yeah. You well, gotta do what you gotta do, I guess. It. So Amen. That was creative. Yeah. Well, here's another question, um, uh, Jim, and this has to do with kind of as a local pastor in a local community, what can pastors do to influence the course of local government? Yeah. in their community. 
just on a data, is COVID aside, how can you be involved in, and engaged? I, well, first off, I just said, know where to draw the line. Just say, you know, no, when it comes to the violation of your freedoms and liberties. But then, you know, I, I went to the Eagle County commissioners meetings and just spoke my concerns and my rights. And uh, we've, they're bringing the transgender mm -hmm. agenda to Roaring Fork Valley. So I, with other people from our church, are going there. And listen, sometimes we make mistakes. Something, there's a misstep in what's said. But way before, I will rebuke a believer who stands up in their local government and makes a mistake. The rebuke belongs right now to the believers that aren't going to their That's local right. government That's and speaking word. up. So I'm just like, you know what, guys, don't be hard on yourself. If you make a mistake, the newspaper misquotes you. There's grace in all of this, but at least you're going out there and doing it. Facing your fears, right? That's right. Yeah. That's right. Christians have to stand up and start speaking out on this. The unbelievers aren't going to do it. And they call us intolerant, but yet they are the ones that are intolerant. If you say anything that violates the narrative that yeah. they have, use a wrong pronoun, they yeah. just go ballistic. And yet they expect us to just be tolerant. Yeah. And that's wrong. We need yeah. to stand up and speak out on these issues. Yeah. You know, um, there's um, uh, Kirk Cameron's sister, Can Candace Cameron, mm -hmm. you're right, it's hard for me to say that, but anyway, she started her own, she broke away from yeah. Hallmark, started her own thing. Right. And uh, my wife likes those Hallmark movies, and yeah. so she's following all that online. And Jamie does. She's getting in there and engaging with some of these women in their comments on chat and stuff like this, and this one lady said, you know, I don't know what the big deal is because uh, I I just don't pay any attention to all that gay stuff. I'm, you know, it's their business, whatever. I just enjoy Hallmark movies. Is that the right attitude or the wrong attitude for believers? Yeah. You know, when First Peter, um, the apostle is teaching us about how to have a relationship with your government, he tells us not to enter into the lust of this world mm -hmm. because it will damage your soul. You know, and I think that we have to be really careful about what we, what we allow into our soul. And our soul is fed by our eyes, our ears, you know, our sense of touch, those kind of things. And the Lord, if, if we damage our soul, we damage our moral authority and our right to be able to speak up. And also, we seriously damage our courage. Because, like, if I've damaged my soul because I am engaging or, you know, tolerating the things of this world, if I damage my soul, when I go and stand before a, a local board, a nagging fear in the back of my head is, how do I know the Lord is with me when He knows that there's this area of my life that's not yielded to Him, right? So, and, and I know that grace and mercy can cover that. None of us are perfect, but I, I think we really have to be careful in a day like this when the, Apostle, when the Apostle Peter was saying, when you're facing persecution, you have to protect your soul so that you don't begin to engage in the spirit of this age or lose the courage to address what's going on around you. Does that it, make sense? Yeah, and you know that same passage that you're referring to in 1 Peter chapter 2, the guy who wrote that is Peter. Yeah. And when he said, submit yourself to every ordinance of man for, for the Lord's sake, you got to look at his actions. He stood before the scribes and the Pharisees and they told him not to preach anymore. That's right. Close your church. That's right. And he said, you judge yourself which is right. Should That's we right. obey man or God? So you can interpret that passage of Scripture by his yeah. own actions. Yeah. And he refused to submit to ungodly yeah. things. And he followed Jesus who knew where to draw the line, right? So when Je there was a point at what Jesus said, 
I'm turning the tables over in the temple. That's right. Right? And, and that was the power structure of his day, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And you so. Know, it, it seems to me uh, if, if we believe that truth sets people free and lies enslave and kill people, then if I'm sitting there watching this stuff and participating, I may be spiritually strong enough to resist it, but what about all those people who aren't? Don't, right. I, don't we as believers have a responsibility? To, that's why we stand for truth, is for the sake of those who are going to be harmed that's right. by it. That's right. That's and a right. person who says, but it doesn't bother me, I can just ignore it and stuff. Let me real politely say that is the most selfish yes. thing. Yeah. That you're just thinking about yourself and because you're going to heaven, forget everybody else and let them go to heaven. Right. That yeah. is not a godly act. Yeah, what and about all the people that are deceived by it? Sorry. And whether it's old covenant or new covenant, right? The responsibility of those who place their trust in God is you are a voice for the voiceless. Mm -hmm. Right? Right. And in the state of Colorado right now, this is why I feel like sometimes I'm going. It's just beyond the pale. We are aborting children up to the day of their birth. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we are in our valley corrupting children and leading them on a journey that we say is a journey of wholeness. And it includes mastectomies and castrations and sterilizations. And if the church doesn't speak up, then who's going to speak up? I'm telling you. I agree. And I just imagined, I have a, I had a strong imagination where children are being aborted and they're coming before the Lord and the Lord says to them, did anybody speak up for you, the voiceless? And they say, no. And he says, what about my church? And I, I felt in my heart that the best they could say is they gave us lip service. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They gave us lip service when it comes to the children. We... We've got to contend for these things now, right? And Jim, you're doing it, and we're doing it, and I believe that there's a lot of other people beginning to stand up. I think that this COVID, of course, has had a lot of negative effects, but it's also awakened yeah. a lot of people. Yeah. Just like you and me, I wouldn't have taken the stand that I'm taking probably 10 years ago, yeah. but you just see where this is leading, and yeah. if we don't stand now, we, we aren't going to be able to stand That's right. after a while. So I think there's good coming out of it. Yeah. We, we got a person here who's wanting to know about giving, uh, and this viewer's asking, if we contribute to your general fund, will Pastor Jim be able to designate the funds where needed yes. most? Yes. Okay. And that would be helpful, to tell yeah. you the truth, because, you know, we're navigating. So not only the Freedom Fund, but the yeah. general fund. Yeah. That's yeah. great. Well, here's Very another good. question, I think pretty specific for you, Jim, and it's, um, uh, can you tell my husband how to speak to those in the Aspen Valley in love and tolerance I'm not sure we're commanded to speak with tolerance. As Cornerstone Christian Center stands strong about Christian values regarding gender and our precious faith. And then she adds, my husband has COVID and I'm writing this for him. Oh, okay. Good. Well, I got caught up in the fact that she wants me to address her husband. So tell me, <laughs> what was the basic premise again? How do you speak with love oh, about yeah, the yeah. Uh, transgender? Well, isn't that what's been weaponized against us? Yeah. You know, it's like um, love who you love, you know, and all right. of that. But the, we have to remember as believers, the only way to love is to speak the truth in love. Mm -hmm. And so one of our school board members at the transgender meeting said, it is better to be kind than it is to be right. Mm. Oh, wow. Which is completely disqualifying for someone running a school. But to not be right is never kind. Mm. Mm -hmm. So you might give these children some false hope, and it is a false hope, that this transgender process is going to heal all your baggage, right? Mm -hmm. 
But at the end of the day, this is why I think it's important for us to be there and for me to be there, is because someday those kids will know that somebody said, stop this agenda. And you know what? They're not going to be able to go back to their teachers after they graduate, and they're not going to nurse them through the process. They're not going to be their parents, right? So they're going to have to turn somewhere. And I hope to the Lord that they're going to say, there were churches, there were pastors who said, when it wasn't popular, do not go down this road. You know, so I think, how do you, how do you love? You stay kind. You don't get angry. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Never get angry. And speak truth and your convictions. You know, let me say that Jesus quoted, you know, the second greatest commandment is love your neighbor as yourself. And Mm -hmm. people just often say that you aren't operating in love if you counter the transgender homosexual stuff. But he quoted from Leviticus 19.18, and if you take it in context, Leviticus 19.17 says, You shall not hate your neighbor in your heart, but you shall in any wise rebuke him and not suffer sin upon him. That's right. Then it says, love your neighbor as yourself. So it is not love to see them destroying children. Wow. Yeah, and that's right. cutting parts of their body off and giving them things that are going to affect them forever, that is not love. That's to right. see that happening and staying quiet. Matter of fact, what that is is self-love. You don't want yeah. to suffer the criticism. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Doesn't Ezekiel talk about something similar where it's saying, You're, uh, I've made you a watchman on the wall. That's right. And if you uh, don't sound the alarm, then their blood is on your that's hands. Exactly but as long as you right. speak the truth, you sound the alarm then uh, the blood is not It's love to tell a person the truth in love. Right. Ephesians 4, right. 15, speak the truth in love and grow up. But, we, but you got to speak the truth in love. If all yeah. you do is say, well, we affirm you and we love you the way yeah. you are yeah. and you are giving them approval, it's wrong. You know, it's like if, if a drug addict or an alcoholic comes to you, are you supposed to say, oh, look, you're a wonderful drug addict. Look, God made you a drug addict and an alcoholic, and you should feel good about it. Yeah. That's yeah. not, you, know, you shouldn't you know, feel good about people it. People with gender dysphoria, a boy who feels like he's a girl and a girl feels like she's a boy, that's, something's wrong there. Yeah. It doesn't take a Christian right. to even realize that. And that's that. not mean-spirited yeah. or no. critical. That's loving a person, that's saying loving. God made you the way you are. And it's, it's unkind to change what was a dysphoria into an epidemic. What they're doing. And that's what's happening right now. The kids are transitioning together. Yeah. That's they're locking people into their lies and their and their yeah. distortions. They're telling right. people that if you have any questions, if you aren't happy, whatever, it's because you are a different gender. And that's not the way to deal with yeah, problems. That's no, right. No, that's don't wrong. set anybody free. Well, um, uh, here's another question. Um, Susie on YouTube asks, do you think individual members of the church can engage and how many are afraid to or have our children hated? I think she's maybe talking about schools. Yeah. There. How can Christians with kids in schools, how can they make a difference? Yeah, it's, it's, it's really hard. Like I said, I, this is going to be an offensive word for me to say this, but I feel like transgender children are being paraded in front of the public at our school board meetings. And it's the new, this is how woke we are, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's it's awkward, you're outnumbered, Mm -hmm. you have three minutes a person Mm. to say something, Um, but it's, yeah, I have people that are going that are 
really go with in fear and trembling, but they're doing it because they believe that the, that's what the Lord has. But we shouldn't be feeling weird. They're the ones that are weird. Yeah. yeah. We ought to feel like this is the right oh. thing to do, and yet there's a lot of Christians that are actually feeling like we're the ones that are weird. But w when you go to the school board meeting, they've got the big canopy set up and the table displays that you have to walk by with all the flags, but all no rainbow person. flags and all the paraphernalia. You know what I mean? So yeah. I think that the answer is you have to face your fears. Face Isn't your that? No person with God should be at the mercy of a person who's just got you know, public opinion behind them. Man, if we would stand up and be bold in God, God would make the word that we That's speak right. in our mouth fire and the people would and it'll devour them. Yeah. Jeremiah yeah. 5, 14. We're just about out of time. And let me say again that uh, many of you I know would like to support Jim and Cornerstone Christian Church. And I encourage you to go to their website, ccc.basalt. ccc.basalt. cbcbasalt.com. Com. There it is. Okay, it's on the screen right there. And give either to the general fund or if you want to support the school specifically, you can give it to the Freedom Fund. But we need to support this. And um, man, the body of Christ needs to rally around those who are standing up. Somebody who's willing to stick their head up and Amen. shoot at the enemy needs to have our support. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So please check that out. Amen. You got any last word? We got a minute and 20 seconds. We got to close here. I just encourage anyone to be faithful. And if you're faithful to the Lord, I saw him time and time again as the God who goes before us. Amen. So you don't go to a meeting. You don't make a decision. Nothing happens except that as you step out, I have seen the Lord prepare the ground, go before us, make provision and all kinds of things. So even though I'm talking about something that might feel as though it's pretty like bad news, I, I just want you to know it was one of the most personally rewarding Amen. adventures to be a part of. I can't imagine how I would feel at this season if I hadn't had a place where I could engage. And well, God I gave hate me to that cut you off, but we got to go. <laughs> Man, thanks again to CTN for carrying this on their network. We just appreciate that so much. And remember that we do this every Monday night at 6 p.m. Mountain Time. And this program will be archived so you can go refer to other people to it. If you missed any of this, if you missed the uh, web address and you'd like to participate, you can see it. I think the archive come up within just a day or yeah. so. Yeah. So anyway, thank you for joining us. Join us again next Monday for another Truth and Liberty Livecast. Join us next time for the Truth and Liberty broadcast. Find tonight's episode and related articles and links at truthandliberty.net. Truth and Liberty is viewer supported. If you'd like to help us continue our live casts, you can make a donation at truthandliberty.net 